Hi, you guys. This is Havala, and this is Havala's podcast. How are you guys doing? How's everybody doing? Are you safe? Are you okay? You know, I've been thinking about each of you so much, just praying for your hearts, praying that you're going to get through this, praying that you are safe and at home and that you haven't lost hope. It has not been an easy season, and I don't know one person who hasn't gone through something during this season. This coronavirus came out of nowhere, and for many of us, it's turned our whole world upside down. And I don't know how you feel, but I'm just, it feels like everything that's important has been so clear. Like, are we safe? Do we have a place to live? You know, are we warm or cold, cool or whatever it is? Um, you know, I'm just thinking about those things and just mourning for those that have lost people and watching New York and all the things that are happening in that community and just praying and pleading with God to keep people safe and protect and encourage, strengthen. And it's just been a, it's been a really unique season. And I, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what's happened in our world And I understand that not all of us are going through the same thing and not all of us are having the same experience. Sometimes it helps to hear someone else's process so we can maybe feel normal. And sometimes when we hear other people's process, specifically as women, it helps us find our next step. Like, oh, that's what you did. Maybe I should do that. Just is really good for us. And for some of us, it's going to just going to encourage us to understand that other people are going through different things than we are. So we had this coronavirus stay-at-home order happened quite rapidly. In fact, the Thursday before everything happened, we opened our Truth Academy, and it was the first time we'd opened up in one in a full year. And so we hosted webinars that day, and I was packing up and getting ready to take Judah and myself to the state of Washington to a church in Walla Walla, Washington. And Judah was excited. I was excited that next morning we got up really early. In fact, our alarm never went off. So we were rushing out the door, (laughs) got in the car, made it on the first flight, flew flew to San Francisco, caught another flight, flew to Seattle. And when I got off the plane in Seattle, my phone was blowing up from my staff members and my husband, my family, And I pick up the phone, call my husband first, and he says, you didn't get my message, did you? I said, no. He said, well, honey, the event has been canceled. You need to get home immediately. Um, There's going to be a stay-at-home order, and we need to be prepared. So Judah and I hopped on the next flight back home through to San Francisco, back back to Reading, got off the flight, and the next day... Um, the stay-at-home order was put in place in California. So we rushed to the grocery store, bought food that would last, rice, beans, spaghetti, cans of soup, and medication, things that were uh, Imodium AD, all the things, because there was supposed to be a GI portion of the coronavirus. And so we were just doing everything we could do to get ready. And of course, as a mom, I go into manage mode of like, okay, food, toilet paper, kids, yes, check, 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 check. And by Monday, our kids had gone to school. And by Tuesday, they canceled school. We picked our kids up, realizing we were going to homeschool the boys from here on out. And we're thinking a week, two weeks, you know, that's really where we're, where our heads are. And 
So we're in this mode of picking our kids up, closing the offices, and within 48 hours, all 10 of my events that were coming up had to cancel. Now, I understand that. There's, there's just no reality to me going anywhere. But when that happened, within 48 hours, you guys have to understand that that is 40% of our income went away overnight. Not 40% of been in my personal income, but 40% of our ministry's income went away. And we, we were scrambling. Now, I don't mean scrambling like, oh my gosh, you know, we're not going to be able to eat. It wasn't at that place, but it was like, oh no, we've got to get into the budget. We've got to get into the personnel. We've got to figure out what we can keep, who we can keep, uh, what our hours are going to be like, what kind of pay cuts we need. And we went to work. So we went into the office and we had, if, I don't know, I'm sure many of you were in that, whether it was a you know, my friend calls it the budget bonanza, whether it was just you and your spouse or was it, was it you and your church staff or was it you and your employees? I don't know who it was, but we all went into this mode of we've got to prepare. And so we went in knowing that we would have to lay off our travel assistant and we would have to all take a pay cut and we would take an hour, hours cut. And it just, we just knew this is what it's going to look like. And so, you know, I have done hard things. You guys who have followed my life, I'm not afraid to do the things that are hard. I'm not. You know, I'm not a princess um, in some cushy life that doesn't expect hard things to ever touch my life. No, no, no. I know that we're made for tough stuff. This stuff happens. And so instead of being shocked and, and disappointed, why don't we just go, you know, this is real life. We weren't promised ease. We were promised that God would be with us in the middle of the storm. He didn't promise us that he'd rescue us from the storm. He said, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He doesn't say, I will rescue you from the valley of the shadow of death. He says, you're never going to walk that path alone. And so many of us believers get offended that we have to go through st tough stuff. And I spent years of my life being a Offended that God would require me to do things that were hard, even though I was giving him my full yes. And it took years for me to understand that he was not punishing me or ignoring me or neglecting me or, you know, somehow uh, withholding from me, but he was allowing me to live a real life in a real world, a real fallen world. And he was showing me that he was going to be with me in the middle of it. And I didn't have anything to fear because his rod and his staff are going to comfort me in the middle of it. So I took a deep breath. Now, one thing you and I know is we are self-employed. Ben and I, we pay not only our salaries, we pay our staff salaries. We work really hard, really hard to make that happen. And we had to trust God. I remember walking with God and saying, God, I don't know what to do. I can't solve this. I don't know. You know, normally I could go over here or go do this or explore this, but I can't do anything. And I also am not going to run ahead of you. I'm not in fear in the name of God. Buy into fear. I'm not going to act like it's God and cut and slash and do things that aren't. he's not asking me to do. But I'm also not going to hesitate to do the hard things because I don't want this to be the reality. You know, that's where I've gotten in trouble and I've seen my friends get in trouble is we don't accept reality. And so we delay the facts. We delay what's really happening. And the consequences are even more tough because 
we have depleted what we could have had in the moment. We could have saved something. So for us, we we went to work. We did that. We knew it would be tough. It was excruciating. And I think even for about two weeks, I think I just, I kind of was numb to it. I don't think that I meant to be numb, but it was just, I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, I get into a very, we just have to make this happen and I'm just going to do it. And I just, that's just what life looks like. And I'm sorry that this, you might be disappointed by this and this might be hard for you, but I have to do what I have to do to make us survive through this. And so Ben and I did it. We worked really hard and we asked God, I remember us writing it out, Lord, we asked that you would bless this, this, and this in our lives so that we can make it and all of our staff members can stay on with us and we will be able to be okay. And we saw the hand of God beginning to operate in that way for us. In fact, some of you sent donations to us, which I don't even know many of you who did that. I'm so grateful. You know, all of those funds were used not to prop up a life, but it was used to fund men and women that work really hard to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth through Truth to Table. And so I'm so grateful for those funds. So grateful. We also saw a, a spike in our digital courses. People wanted to learn. They were curious. They had time to focus on message prep and learning how to communicate. They had time to get into prophetic personal, excuse me, prophetic personalities or moms of men. And I saw many of you wanted to take advantage of your time at home and grow. And many of you jumped into Truth Academy, which I, I'm amazed. Thousands of you jumped in and are a part of our Truth Academy. And I'm just so grateful that you're a part, not just of the curriculum, but that you wanted to find like-minded people. And the amazing part is every single one of you that actually jumped into the Facebook group have stuck around with us. Many of you that were not able to continue with the Truth Academy, you didn't get into the Facebook group and you go, what, what does it matter? Well, it does really matter. Truth Academy is not just about content being thrown at you. Truth Academy is about community walking with you. And that's really what it's been a part of. And I've been really excited to see that. But for me personally, I got into this real like, let's solve this. We got to get this dealt with. And then in week three, I think I started to feel pretty claustrophobic. I don't know about you, but I have not been around my kids <laughs> that long. And I haven't, um, you know, I love my husband. Honeymoon stage, heck yeah. But in real life and everything that's happening, you know, the give and take and seeing you and going away from you all adds to the sexiness of a married life. And when you're with each other every day, all day, it can change the dynamic of roles and how you know, in my life, I don't know if you're like this, but I have my little rhythm and my home, my kitchen is like my kingdom. And I, I have the way I do it. And when I cook and I need my alone time and all of a sudden I have five people in my space nonstop week after week. And then I'm homeschooling my four kids. And you guys know me. I have all this insecurity about academics and education. I was the worst student, the worst student on the face of the earth. And so me trying to teach my kids, I have a lot of anxiety that comes with that. And then I also couldn't travel, and so I couldn't contribute in that way to my family. And so I was left with my hands tied in that way. And, and then we had two new staff members that had come on staff, and I hadn't even been in the office with these women. I mean, these women that were taking major departments of our ministry, and I hadn't even worked a full week with them in the office, and I'm Zoom calling them and trying to 
actually get to know them <laughs> and then also try to lead with them. I mean, world upside down. And then on top of all this, I'm trying to support my own community by calling friends and people that are in ministry like I am in churches and they're going through devastating loss, having to let go of staff members, not knowing what the future will look like, not ready for this. And then I had a whole other group of people that were saying, you know how to do the online stuff. Can you help me? And of course, Ben and I are like, yeah, we want to help you. We want to tell you things that no one ever told us that took years for us to figure out. And right now, we think we could shortcut it and help you figure this out. And so by week three, yes, I did feel like I could not be trusted alone with my family. <laughs> but by week four and a half, week five, I began to feel this surrender. The surrender of, I don't know how to do this, but I'm not. I'm going to stop fighting. And I'm going to stop pretending this isn't happening. And I'm going to stop allowing the agitation of today to dominate my thoughts and my heart and what's happening. And I'm not going to allow worry to, to believe like, oh, if I worry, then I'm going to protect, I'm protecting tomorrow by my worry. Mm -mm. Shut it down. And now in the last week six and week seven, I have felt an incredible reset mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, I want you to know, I am not fasting and praying every day. I'm not in my word hours a day. No, it's none of that. It's for me, it's having the conversation with God on a regular basis about what's happening. And when he brings something up, I'm able to have a conversation. When he encourages me or he challenges me, I'm not resisting. I'm able to hear him. And now I feel this, this deep gratitude, like I would have never got this kind of rest without this moment. Never. I have worked since the age of 17. I have held a full-time job. I have held uh, my place and I have worked multiple jobs at the same time and I have never had this type of sabbatical. In fact, last year, Ben and I, I was talking to Ben after we got back from Brazil and I said to him, you know, babe, I don't, I really need a sabbatical. You know, it's been 20 years of ministry and many of those years have been paycheck to paycheck. And I just, I need, I need to find a way to get a reset and refreshed. We even talked about taking a month off, um, this next summer and we didn't know how we were going to do that, but we knew we could sacrifice and try to figure out a way to do it. And I'm looking at it going, you know, only God could have given me eight, 10 weeks of a reset refresh. So what if I had to go without my nails and hair? So what if I have to budget cut? So what if I don't have the same income? So what if I have to work a little harder in some of the things I don't want to do? So what? My heart is alive. My, my thoughts are alive. My kids, I am so connected to them in ways I have not been connected to them. My spouse, Ben, Ben and I are so connected right now. I would not trade these last eight weeks for anything. I have not been the perfect person in response or everything. No, not at all. But at the end of it all, I like what I've got. I've, I like who I've become. And I'm ready to journey with God. And now, this is just for me. Again, this may not be for you. But I'm ready to talk to God about my future planning. The things that I had thought were automatic, I'm like, okay, God, you can have it all. 
you can have it all. All the things I thought I had figured out, all the things I thought I had paid for, all the things I thought were going to be in my future. You know what, Lord, you write the script. You're, you know, you are the one writing. I'm the pencil, write, write the script of my life. You know, I, I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know where I'm going all the way. But one thing I do know is that I will never be alone in this. And for many of you right now, I don't know where you are, but take a deep breath. You are exactly where God has you. Take a minute and reflect on what these last weeks have been and meant to you. Figure out how you've changed. What are the things that you've learned about yourself, about others, about your kids, about your spouse, about your own fear and worry and anxiety? Maybe look at the way you've led your church or your ministry or the things you've been dependent on and now God's going, you know what? I want you to think outside the box. Maybe you could reach people in a way you never thought you could. For some of you, I'm telling you this prophetically, you are going to start businesses during this season. You're going to launch things that you never imagined you would launch. But because of this reset, God is going to give you a, an incredible wind in your sales. And he's going to show you things that you could not have seen in your everyday life. For many of you, you're going to go back to leading your churches and you are not going to do what you did before. You are refreshed. You are grounded. You are clear. And you know what? You're going to be able to take off in ways you never could because you have had a reset. You've been able to, to reconnect with your why, figure out who you are and who you want to be and jump into that. For many of you, you've gotten to know your kids again. I know that sounds like really, but no, it's true. There were things that you didn't know about your kids. And because life was so busy and so full, you've been able to reconnect. You've been cooking for your family. You've been exercising. You've gotten to just, just reconnect with who you were and the life you had created. And so today, take a deep breath. You're not going to go back to normal. I'll tell you what, we, are, we know too much. We know too much. And I said this before, I don't know if it was on this podcast, but I'll say it to you today. In the beginning of this quarantine, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about the children of Israel. And if you don't know the story, in the Bible, God had a people and they were the Israelites. And God's hand was upon their lives all throughout the Old Testament. And Moses was a man that God sent to take the Israelites who were held captive in Egypt. And he wanted to take them to their promised land. And we find that Moses went to Pharaoh to try to release the Israelites. And all these plagues came upon that because Pharaoh would not soften his heart and let them go. The plagues came until finally Pharaoh released them to go. And the Israelites, as they turned and packed up all of their children and all their belongings and all the things that they had, they began to walk through the desert. The, the, the Egyptians realized what had happened and they went after them with their armies to capture them again. And as the armies are coming after them, the Israelites are standing before this water. They can't move. If they go back, the army's behind them. But if they go forward, there's a river and they will die in the water. And we see that God opens up the waters. And the Bible says they walk on dry land. And by the time they get through those waters and they walk to dry land, the Israelite army, excuse me, the, yeah, the, the Egyptian army is running toward them. The Bible says that the waters close up and envelop that army and that their enemy cannot get them. Here's what I think is happening right now. We are between a rock and a hard place. We have waters in front of us 
and we have the army behind us. And God says, when there is no way, I am a way maker. When there is no way for this to happen, I am the miracle worker. And God says, would you stand before me and let me show you how I'm going to move the waters in front of you. Stop looking back. Stop imagining that this never happened. Stop thinking that if you had only done this, you do not have anything behind you. Stop going there. Stop looking there. The past is the past. Get your focus on your future. And right now, you are to expect a miracle. What kind of miracle? God says, I'm going to part the waters and you're going to walk across the land on dry. You're going to walk across the waters on dry land. And the enemies that are behind you are going to be swallowed up in the miracle of God. And you don't need to be afraid. I am with you. And there's another part of this passage that I want you to think about. When they finally get to their promised land, they send in the spies, 12 Israelite spies to figure out what's going on and how they can take the promised land. And when they get back, all the other spies say, listen, there are giants in the land. We cannot do this. There are giants in the land. It is not good. And the other two spies, Joshua and Caleb, say, no, no, there is a land flowing with milk and honey. All, all 12 men went into the promised land. But only two of them had God's perspective. Listen, we are all going to go towards our promised land. We are walking towards the promises of God. But our perspective is what's going to give us the land. If all we see is giants, I've lost all this money in the stock market. You know, the coronavirus isn't contained yet. You know, I lost all this opportunity. You know, this happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me. Those are giants. We're all going to face giants, guys. None of us are going to get out of this without having things in our lives that are going to affect us. But we can also say there is milk and honey flowing in that land. If God is for us, who can be against us? And we're going to take the land because we are because it's been promised to us and because we have not, he has not brought us this far to take us back again. I want you just to say that out loud to God. God, you have not taken me this far to bring me back, to throw me back again. I'm going forward today and declare that. I want to pray over you today. Lord, I thank you for every man and woman that's listening to this podcast. I thank you that you have not brought them this far to take them back again but that you want to give them a new promised land, a new life, a new clarity, a new confidence in things that they have yet to see. And Lord, I pray right now that they would stand and watch the miracle working power of God happen in their lives, that they would not be so focused on what's behind them that they would miss the miracle and what's in front of them, but they would keep their eyes on the thing that only you can do. They would not try to swim across the waters they would stand and let you move the waters so that they can walk on dry land. I declare this over them. I prophesy this over them. I speak this over them. They are You are with them in the middle of the shadow of death. You are with them in the valley of the shadow of death. I declare this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Guys, if you like this podcast, the best way to tell me is to leave a review and a comment. You go, really, Havel, it doesn't matter. It really does. It's actually the only way for other people to find this podcast. It's what iTunes does. So it's not something I came up with. It's how they do it. And so 
If this matters to you and this podcast is something that you really enjoy and you hope other people find it, then leave me a review. I read each and every one, but it also allows iTunes listeners to find us. I love you guys. Give me a shout out on the socials if you're there. I'm there almost every day. And otherwise, have a great day and I'll catch you next time.